0: Everybody and Welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast, future New York sports talk from long-suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. i got a good show for you this week. We're going back into the world of hockey this week. We're going to talk some NHL trade deadline discussion with our hockey guy, Pete Considori. We'll talk Rangers, Islanders, Devils, a little bit of national perspective with Pete in just a bit. Stay tuned to the end of the show for this week's two-minute drill, where I take another dive into the comments that Rob Manfred is making about baseball. And they're not great. They really aren't. We'll get into that in just a bit, but we'll get it all started this week's opening tip, where we take a look back at All Star Weekend for the NBA, a little national perspective on how the league is set up for the playoff run right after this. Boston Boston,
1: Phoenix, Taco Fall, who is seven five. Seven five. Oh! You don't go with Taco, you win. Yeah. You right. win. You win. He's seventy-five. You dunk over taco. You win. Come on, man.
0: All right, and we are back with this week's opening tip. That call you sir. Courtesy of TNT's Kevin Harlan and Kenny, the Jet Smith. Aaron Gordon dunking over seven foot five taco fall in the dunk contest. And the whole All Star weekend was awesome. I mean, the skills competition is great as it always is. The three point shootout's always fun. That's my personal favorite event. The dunk contest over the years has lost its luster. I remember the glory days of the dunk contest when you had Vince Carter back in 2000 with his elbow hanging in the rim. It has really fallen off since then. Things got a bit wacky when they're messing with the format, and everybody's bringing out the props like the cars and the stickers and the glow in the dark stuff. But this contest was vintage slam dunk contest. It was back, it was great. Aaron Gordon and Derek Jones Jr. put on a show that's still being talked about. Days and days after the contest. Mostly because the controversial finish, because Aaron Jones, I mean Aaron Gordon, excuse me, had five straight 50-point dunks, did not win the contest. Derrick Jones ends up taking the trophy. Did Aaron Gordon get host? He sure did. But I think they saved the dunk contest, those two, because we got a refreshing look back at some old-school dunking-style there were no wacky props. There was no driving a car on the floor. It was simple basketball, people, athleticism. That's what this dunk contest is about. We saw some incredible feats of acrobatics in the air. I enjoyed this. I love this dunk contest. And I'm not usually one who's dying with the dunk contest, living and dying with it, but this was awesome. And the game itself, they changed the format this year. They went to something called the, official, unofficially called the Elam ending, which is based on an idea uh, to end a basketball game that a man named Nick Elam added to the TBT basketball tournament, which we talked about when a couple of the Iona players had a team in it last summer. This tournament, basically, the games end. Instead of you know running the clock out through four quarters, after a certain point left of the game, let's say there's four minutes to go, you set, the clock gets shut off, there's a new target score. So let's say let's say one team is up 98 to 90 at 8 points to the 98. So the target score for the game is 106. Whichever team gets there first wins the basketball game. And this was fun because not only did it cut down on the endless, you know, like random end of game fouling, people shooting at the free throw line, all that. It created pace. It created excitement. And this was interesting. I did enjoy this tweak. I don't know if it'll come to the regular season ever, but for an All-Star game, great job. And a lot of innovation in this, oh, this weekend and stuff. Again, big credit to Adam Silver, who I still think is the best commissioner in sports. Adam Silver is willing to try things to make his product better. He's talking about, you know, play-in games for the last two playoff spots, which would add some juice to the playoff field because as we're talking about, the end of the playoff field in the East particularly is uninspiring. Having some play-in games would be some fun. At the end of the tournament, I don't know. We'll see how that works out. But I would trust Silver to come up with something that should be interesting. He's by far now the most competent of the four commissioners, and I'm very happy he is running the NBA. As far as the league is concerned, the overall landscape is a bit different than what we're used to. The East Milwaukee isn't running away with it all year. Look at the best team. I will say, though, the thing that's intrigued me, the Raptors, what they've done, minus Kawhi Leonard, is very impressive. I mean... When Kawhi left, we all assumed, okay, they're going to take about five steps backwards. They'll still contend, but they're not going to be a title threat. Pascal Siakam has emerged into a superstar. They have a good surrounding cast. Fred Van Vliet's been good. The veterans have been good, and they're up there in that two seed again. So they have the group has all of that playoff experience. It'll be interesting to see if Pascal Siakam is that guy who can become a superstar in the playoffs like Kawhi was. Interesting there. Celtics are a threat. Don't know if they have enough to top of the box but they are be a challenge the 76ers are in the five spot in the east should be better than they are they have a lot of talent but just has not mixed right that team needs more shooting i don't know if they got enough at the deadline we will see what happens with them the last two spots in the east not great both below 500 the nets are down there but as i said last week the nets is a write-off year until kevin Durant comes back the east is nothing right home about and the Nets should be a bigger threat next year when everybody's healthy. This year, if they get in the playoffs, good for them. The Magic, they're going to get stopped by Milwaukee. Let's move on. The West, highly competitive. The goals they were, as you know, are dead and buried because everybody's hurt. The Lakers surge at the top with LeBron and Anthony Davis leading the way. They still have issues with finding a primary point guard to facilitate the offense. LeBron's off the floor. That's a challenge they haven't figured out yet. They you have the Nuggets, who are an interesting mix of a team. The Clippers, who I still think are the favorites out there when Kawhi and Paul George are playing. And the Utah Jazz, those are the top teams. Two big surprises out west, though, for me. Number one, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who basically did what any sane team would do once they started selling off their ass. They trade away Russell Westbrook for a bunch of draft picks from the Rockets. They, They extorted a ton from the Clippers or Paul George. They're in the playoff hunt right now. They are firmly at 33-22. They are right there in the mix in the 6th seed for the West. And not only are they reloading, but they have some good young assets like Shea Gillis, alexander They still have good veterans like Chris Paul, Neil Gallinari. Good job by them for competing while still reloading the, the uh, system down the road. Another one that's fun, the ahead of schedule Memphis Grizzlies. They're holding that 8th playoff spot. I'm a Nick fan. As in, man, I'm a little salty seeing what John Morant is doing down there, because this franchise has been dying for a point guard for about a decade, and they can't find one. We've had Emmanuel Moutier. We've had Trey Burke. We've had Frank Nitalakina. We've had Elfrey Payton, Dennis Smith Jr. None of them work. John Morant goes to Memphis and basically turns them into a playoff team about three years ahead of schedule, and they're going to be scary. John Morant's a rookie of the year favorite. That's a lot of fun. There's still some excitement in the West. There's still some playoffs things going on. You'll get eight above 500 teams making the playoffs in the West, but we'll touch back in on the NBA down the line. We'll get closer to the playoffs because, as you know, it's not my most popular go-to sport here, especially when the local's not doing well. But up next, we will talk some hockey with Pete Considori right after this.
1: Round to D'Angelo and up the boards to Jesper Fast. Pass out to Panarin. He's got some room. Moves in. He SCORES! Oh, a beauty! By Artemi Panarin! And the Rangers lead in 3-0! It
2: starts in his own zone. He makes a play and then gets back into position to receive a pass. And that's just a thing of beauty. And he pulls it through his back.
0: Alright, we are back here talking some hockey on the Just End the Suffering podcast, and when we talk hockey, this guy is here, the great member of the pin club, Pete Considori.
2: Pete, welcome, how are you? Uh, it's, it's great to be back. You, you know, we were talking a little off the air. You're almost at 100 episodes, bud. Yes, this is 99. This is the Gretzky podcast. The Gretzky podcast. I like it. So 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 we can't say it's the greatest of all time though cuz 100 is going to be pretty epic from what you said you planned. So Yeah, that's
0: uh, Yeah, that's coming next week, guys. Number 100. There's some stuff planned, but don't don't feel bad. Pete's here and going to be fantastic today.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so I am hoping yeah. you you the expectation's been set way too high, I think. There, Phillips. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's great to be on. I love coming on, talking yeah. a little hockey. Trade deadline is upon us. Yeah. You normally is... throwing
0: my phone in the background here trying yeah. to get our notes up, but we got... Last time I told you was Star Wars. And by the way, yes. great job nailing that, that call about, Dude, it, about Sidious. I'm
2: I'm gonna be honest with you. When I was watching the movie, I so you you before I went to go see it, because I was supposed to go see it opening night, and it just it fell apart. I, I the tickets were there, no one was going. I was like, you know what, we'll just do it a different day. I wound up going that Saturday or Sunday, you saw it opening night, correct? Yes. And you texted me, you're like, You nailed something. I was like, I don't even remember what I said. I said I listened to the podcast about eight times, but like I'm just all I've been all I've been thinking about is okay, let this not suck and uh i went saturday and i said okay which one did i nail because i don't remember and you told me that you know um i guess spoiler alert uh if you want to play that i love that thing yeah. um so that dark cities has this like Avenger, like avengers end game army kind of thing yeah. going on so uh yeah no it was pretty cool to nail that i that was total shot in the dark <laughs> but you got it i got it yeah I my, my claim to fame on your podcast is going to be yelling about the Blue Jackets and, and randomly guessing one part of a Star Wars movie. Hey, it's randomly guessing works
0: sometimes. I mean, I randomly guessed the World Series and I got that right. There you go.
2: Did you randomly guess the trash can? No, I did not randomly did guess the, the trash can.
0: the whole Astros problem? We're getting to the Astros. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm, not, I'm not dealing with the Astros until the end of the show. <laughs> the Astros, I have plenty to say about Mr. Manfred, and that's a whole other oh, argument. Boy. Let's talk some hockey, though. Yes. We, haven't, we haven't talked hockey since I think it's like September. Yeah, since the beginning of the season, I think. Yeah, so we are both Ranger fans. As we watched the Rangers this year, how
2: do you feel like the, the where they are in the rebuild? I, I feel like it's gone so much quicker than we thought. Yeah. I, um, it's interesting because I think the Rangers are playing for a playoff spot right now. I don't, you know, they they yeah, as of recording, they're six points out of the last spot. In the yeah, East. yeah, and 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 the Philadelphia Flyers, I think, are in third. Imagine yep. that, right? Elaine Vigneault, who's who's hired as the head coach this season, um, has a reputation of first or second year in the building. You get to the Stanley Cup final. It happened with Vancouver. Vancouver, excuse me, happened with the Rangers. I wonder if it happens with Philly. Um, but it, the standings in the Metropolitan Division are always so tight that I always feel like, okay, even the Rangers are on a hot streak. They're not really making anywhere. If they keep the team they way, the way they do and they don't do anything drastic – at the trade deadline, which might come, which we'll talk about in a minute, I, they may have a shot at picking up the wild card. It'll be fun, and I think the big key this whole season is that, that they made the best investment
0: for A.C. ever, Artani Panera. We just heard score that goal on top. He's been scoring that crazy.
2: I, I have to say, as a Ranger fan... I am so happy he picked the Rangers over the Islanders. Yeah. Because those are the two top bidders, right? Yeah. And the Islanders are offering him more money. I think they're offering him somewhere in the 12 range. Yeah. And we offered him 11.5, and he took the pay cut to play for New York. So I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Um, It just kind of speaks volumes to the organization. Um, It's not any disrespect towards Islander fans or the organization itself, but. that rivalry, right? Yeah. If Panarin went to the Islanders, it was just like, oh, come on, we lost him. So we got the the good end of that bargain, right? Okay. I mean, he's at seventy nine points with still a lot of hockey left to play. Um, he's making that eleven uh, that eleven point five million such a justified number that you know it it was worth it. I don't think we overpaid for him right now. Maybe five years from now, if he slows down that production, it might be an overpay. But right now, he's He's really making watching Ranger games a lot of fun. And he's a great personality too. Yeah. I mean, he's dancing in the hallway he's when the he's going, man. Oh, yeah. He's he's a great personality yeah. to have, I'm sure, in the locker room. Um, and also just what you see on the ice and like even when he's walking out to the ice from the locker room, he's just he's he um he's really been a piece that the Rangers have been missing for a long time, and I've been saying that for a while. We needed that one star player. Um, and he comes in a really crucial moment uh, where the Rangers rebuild. Um, Jacob Truba. I'm sure we'll talk about it in a little bit too, but that's another key piece um, that was hu- crucial to the rebuild. So it's definitely been interesting so far. It's been an up and down roller coaster. Um, David Quinn had a little quote saying that you know we have a really great group. They're having a lot of fun. Um, it seems like we've been really a big, a big team in and in a playing like a team the past couple months. Um, and he's saying it started to feel like a team more um, these past couple months. I'm paraphrasing, of course. He could have said something a little bit different. I don't want to put words into his mouth. Um, so. It's been interesting. I've enjoyed watching it because my expectations have been low, right? Every Ranger's expectation has been low. It's been, well, they're not making the playoffs for another five years, so let's just see what happens. It, it, they're making it close. They're making it interesting.
0: Yeah, they are making it interesting. And one thing that's interesting about them as well is this three goalie situations so that called Igor Shusterskin up from uh, from Hartford, and he's taking over the number one
2: roles. So like, how do you think this ends the three goalies? So I don't – I think – The three-goalie method is not going to work long. I don't think they have a three-goalie method right now. Um, It's been Shesterkin and Lundqvist. I think they're holding Georgiev out because they may think he's going to be traded. I don't know. Like a precautionary thing, almost like what they did with... um, When they bubble-wrap guys. Huh?
0: When they bubble-wrap these guys last year.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, it, it... I don't, Georgiev hasn't played. It could be due to injury. I could be wrong. I think it's precautionary. Um, I haven't been really following the Rangers closely enough to know who's injured or not because of other obligations, unfortunately. So it's been Shesterkin and Lundqvist. Lundqvist makes it a tricky situation. Lundqvist has a no-move clause, and I think one year left on his contract. Um, Shesterkin and Georgiev are the future. Yeah. As much as I love Lundqvist, as much as I respect the hell out of him, he is making it a very difficult decision for the Rangers as to what to do. And I don't think they're going to get rid of Shesterkin because they, they are the they top can't. prospect. He's the top prospect, and he's been playing lights out. I mean, out of, what, six games, he's won five. Like It's like he only lost one or two contests that he started yeah. um, in his early NHL career. He's been playing very well, and under you know their goaltending coach, um, Benoit Allaire, he's going to— He's gonna learn a lot quickly, yeah. Yeah. right? I mean, if this he's this if he's this good now, technically um, speaking, he's gonna be good a a number of years, especially with the goaltending coaches we have. I, we can't do three, and we can't do two, right? It didn't work out in St. Louis with Allen and Elliot. Um, I I think we need to have a number one. Shesterkin has been named the number one goalie, so he's the number one now. They're kind of swapping between Georgiev and Lundqvist as the two. But Georgiev may get traded, and who knows? Lundqvist may surprise us all and and move, wave his no-trade clause and say, yeah, get me somewhere where I can win the cup. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a gr- the, think the longer this goes on, the greater the chance is that Hank just says, you know what, Like, I'll finish somewhere else. I could see that happening. And, he, and he, he, Hank, you could tell he's getting frustrated. And Hank's a classy guy, too. I don't think he's getting frustrated as he is so much as, look, if, if, if this is the way it's going to be, let me know so I can make a decision on my own, right? Okay. Obviously, I'm sure he'd love to retire a Ranger, but I think he deserves winning that cup. Yeah. Uh, As much as I don't want to see him leave, he deserves winning that cup. So if I were Henrik Lundqvist, I would be possibly going to the way of, I don't know, Toronto, Edmonton, somewhere that like the goaltending really needs a boost. Um, But, you know, you never know with these things, especially with trade deadline, anything can happen.
0: Anything can happen. And they have a lot of interesting pieces to deal with at the trade deadline, including Chris Cryer, who's the big domino in the room right now. So, like... What do your gut is,
2: we were recording on Friday afternoon right, like before the, de- before the deadline, what do you think happens with this team at the deadline? My gut is Georgiev goes before Kreider. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Kreider has made too good of a case to keep him and to try to sign him. It's going to be up to Kreider, though, to maybe take a discount. Because I think Kreider is going to be worth a little bit more than what the Rangers are looking to pay, especially because they have to re-sign Kako in Two and a half years, yeah, and they have D'Angelo. They have know. D'Angelo. They have other contracts that are coming up. They have Trubin Panarin locked in, so they already know they have that you know twenty million dollars already locked up for the next eight years. So, if Kreider's willing to take a little bit of a discount and, um, and you know, and work with the Rangers, I I would love Kreider to stay, but he has to keep playing the way he's playing. I don't know if this sudden burst and Kreider's always been a good player in my mind i don't think john tortorella in that regime um didn't give him a chance i don't know if torts had something against crider uh but i always liked crider i always liked how he plays he's a fast gritty player um and i think he can do well and i think he should continue to do well
0: yeah we'll see what happens with them we will go on to the other two teams area we'll go quickly to the devils do they have a plan no i don't i don't know this yeah in terms of the devils right now i feel like this whole situation's <laughs> got a little bit of uh... a <laughs> yeah
2: yeah no i <laughs> the devils they got rid of andy green trade him to the islanders um pk Subban has been so just blah i don't know what happened to him i mean he was he was great in Montreal. He was great a couple years in Nashville toward the end of his Nashville career, he just kind of flatlined a little bit. Plateaued I should say maybe. Yeah. Now he just it's like he doesn't it, it, he's I don't think he's considered one of the top defensemen in the league anymore right now. His name is out there. His name is 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 well known, but like when I think PK Subban, I'm not really thinking he's a threat. Like yeah. I don't think like if I think I'm going up against PK Subban, I'm like, "Okay, he hasn't really been doing well." And I don't know if the whole Montreal to Nashville thing messed him up, and he was like, "I got a chip on my shoulder." And then once that kind of faded away, then he was like, "Oh, okay, like you know, whatever." I don't know what happened with him. Uh, Jack Hughes has a lot of development left in him; he still has a couple of uh, um, what's it Uh, years left before he's you know like a dominant dominant force in the NHL. But you're also seeing too that he's he's doing great things now at his young age. Um, and then Kyle palmieri has been taken out of games because he might get traded he's yeah. been taken out as a precautionary a healthy scratch so I don't I don't know what their plan is really
0: yeah I think like they I mean this whole thing I mean they fired the coach they trade Taylor Hall they fired the GM who traded Taylor Hall and then they have interims like all over the place who like don't really I just I don't get it I don't get what the idea is there
2: well I think the the trading of Taylor Hall, and I could be wrong, but my opinion, and I haven't read up on this, so I'm just I'm kind of spitballing here. I think that was more on Taylor Hall. I don't think that was more on the GM. I think Taylor Hall wanted out because he kind of saw what kind of trend this team was going. Yeah. Um, he had all those years in Edmonton where they didn't do much. Yeah. Now he's on the Devils. They're not doing much. He gets straight to Arizona. They're not doing much right now. <laughs> They were a dominant force early in the season. Now, I don't even know if Arizona makes it in. Yeah, They're really not playing well at all. Yeah. Phil Kessel has been another one It's just like, mm-hmm. blah. Like, wh- where did the scoring go? Yeah, you're, you're playing on, on a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins where you have town all over you. It's, it's uh, all around you. It's easier. But, like, wh- what happened? What happened to this team? It just, like, it dropped off. Yeah. Speaking of a team that we want to ask what the hell happened to them,
0: we can talk about the Islanders. Remember back in, like, December when they were winning every single night and they were going to the top of the East? Now they might not make the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, here's the other issue. They're in a very competitive division. If you put the Islanders in, like, the central division, we may have a easier time saying, yeah, they're making the playoffs, no problem. Um, it's very weird. Teams that start really, really good well in the beginning that are not teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Washington Capitals yeah. or the Boston Bruins. Even Tampa started cold this year. Right. It, it, it's hard to maintain that. Let's say they maintain that and they're winning every game and they almost do like a President's Trophy thing where they win the President's Trophy, right? Let's just say they ain't winning the playoffs. Yeah, they, they, There's a stat. We talk about this every year when it comes to playoff time, and probably every time I'm on here for hockey, there's like 6 times in the whole NHL career where the team who won the President's Trophy won the Stanley Cup the same year. Yeah. It's just it's so it's so hard. You have to get you have to get hot at the right time. Yeah. Look at the St. Louis Blues last year. They were dead last before the All-Star break. 31 out of 31. <laughs> and they came back to win yeah. the Stanley Cup. Yeah. They got hot at the right time. They 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 faced so much adversity. So much because they were dead last for literally a good half of the season. And and that's what it took. I, the Islanders, I don't know. Maybe they're playing on their heels a little bit. They think they know that they're the best, and it's like, oh well, well we have no problem being this team, and boom, they get beat. Yeah. And they can't get out of this thing, this this rhythm that oh well we have no problem. We we were due for a win. I just I don't know if the, if it's a work ethic thing. Um, I don't know if the Islanders have lost faith in Barry Trotz and they're not listening to the the coach in the room and they're not buying into his system anymore because they lost a couple games that they thought they should have won. Maybe because the Rangers finally beat them. in the series two to two games to three or whatever it was I don't know I I really don't know what where where that went wrong their pieces have not really changed much yeah uh they had the addition of Brassard, I think this year yeah right if I'm I'm correct he's been like on fire or was on fire for a little bit of time I I don't know I don't know what happened there yeah what do you think they need to add to try and sort of stem the tide here You know, Varlamov's been good in net, so I don't want to say goaltending, but obviously goaltending is key, right? You want consistency. I don't think they have it in defense anymore. Yeah. Like, why hasn't like the other thing too is like why hasn't Wallstrom played? Yeah. Good question. Like you're in you're in the top right. Like throw him in the fourth line, see yeah. if what he can do. Like maybe he like propels you even farther. Right? Yeah. I mean I think they also got Noah Dobson, right? They had like back to backs picks. I think it was yeah. Noah Dobson. Yeah. He's a defenseman. Whoa, whoa, whoa. where is he? Yeah. Is he playing? I don't even know if he's playing on the Islanders yeah. right now full time. Yeah. I don't think so. Even if he is. That might be a that might be a, a piece that, that you need to send him back down to the AHL and have yeah. him more develop more if that's the case. I just I don't know. I when I think Islanders, I don't think of defense. I think of scoring. Yeah. They need scoring. Yeah, I think I think of Barzal. I think of of um Anders Lee, Anders Lee, yeah. Brassard. I think all that. I've never thought of like, oh, that shutdown defenseman. Yeah. I can't even. I don't think I can name you defenseman on the Islanders right now. Yeah, that's not great. No. Yeah. And I'm a hockey fan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like I'm like That might be just my laziness. Yeah. But but still like I don't know. I just I feel like they got they got some problems. Yeah. Yeah, they have some problems. I feel like they have to make a move at the deadline. I feel like they can't let this thing keep going. But who thinking. do you move? That's like the- what what's the move? I think you need to ask. You're not going to move your top guys, right? So yeah. if you're not going to move your top guys, who what kind of what kind of like position does that put you in? Yeah. It's You're going to you're going to trade a a third or fourth line center for a second second uh line wing It ain't going to work. Like you need I, to like I think you're dipping into your draft capital at that point. Right. Yeah. So what what exactly can you do at this point? I feel like the Islanders have to ride it out until I don't know barzal decides get me out of here and yeah. he says i want to be traded right yeah. and it, I, I don't know it it's a tough situation with both the devils and the islanders but the rangers they yeah. got something going yeah. they, the, the rangers i mean of their core they're like the youngest team in hockey the islanders yeah, are I the think, fifth oldest yeah i think the average age is like what 23 or something yeah
0: and they still more coming
2: right yeah all right we, we have keandre miller coming up soon niles lundquist uh, Now Nile lundquist yeah. yeah um I mean Lieber Hayek hasn't been playing, but Lieber Hayek. The
0: traded the guy from the guy from Carolina, Gauthier.
2: Yeah, Gautier, yep. Yeah, yep. And he's and he's been pretty good. He's yeah. he's a good net front guy. Now I wonder I wonder if the Rangers get Gautier to try to fill a void if they if they um get rid of Kreider. Because Godiate has that kind of similar, like, go to the net, big body, fast kind of mentality. So I wonder if they're trying to fill that void of Kreider not being there possibly in the future. Again, we have all of today, the rest of today, tomorrow, Sunday, and then it's like, what? Like, four o'clock or five o'clock on on a a, Monday. Monday? Yeah. Yeah. So they could be making a potential move of Kreider, and they need someone to fill that kind of position, uh, you know, that characteristic. Yeah, it makes some sense. I could see that.
0: Since the day deadline is coming up, anybody of interest you think is going to get moved? besides Crier is probably the biggest name on the board right now.
2: Palmieri is a big name, I think. Kyle Palmieri from yeah. the Devils. Um, Georgiev, I think, is a big name. I have a feeling that maybe the Leafs are going to try to do something because they're goaltending if Schneider. Oh, my Lord. See what happens. Yeah. What happens. Um, if, and I'm, bl- oh God, I'm blanking on his name. Who's the, who's the goaltender of the Leafs? not Reimer still is it no oh my lord I watch Steve Dangle like every day because I love hearing him yell and scream at the top of his lungs what why can't I think of the goaltender's name Frederick Anderson thank you Anderson Frederick yeah. Anderson yeah. so when he goes down their backup is really not yeah. doing so hot so yeah. maybe Georgiev becomes a one and Anderson comes a two or Georgiev comes a, a solid two yeah who knows um the other it's not so much a a person that can get traded, just a team that needs pieces. I I feel like Edmonton needs a little bit more because yeah. now they're like deep into injury. I think against the Bruins the other night, I saw a stat they were like thirty million dollars worth of their cap was out due to injury, right? Yeah. So that's huge. Um, and goaltending I think is going to be huge too for Edmonton coming in the coming playoffs if they make it, which it looks like they will. Um. I just – there's a there's also a – I found this funny. I they, There's a rumor that they may – the Capitals might be interested in getting Mike Green back, which to me makes no sense because Mike Green has been injured every single year. He's played in the NHL after the Capitals. Yeah. he Like, I think this is the first full season, not going when he doesn't get hurt. Like, obviously, I don't want to see the guy hurt. Like, this is the first full season. He hasn't been out, like, extensively due to injury. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you. It's not It's not a big pool of people. That I'm like, oh, there. This you know, this person may get traded. Um, they're big names. Yeah, I think Kreider's the biggest right now. Nemestikov, I think, is another one that might get yeah. moved from Ottawa. Yeah. Again, I a, kind of a lackluster player in my opinion. I I don't I don't see where the value is in Nemestikov. Like he came to the Rangers, he helped us like a little bit, but nothing crazy. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch the
0: deadline, see what's happening there. Pete, thanks for hopping by the studio. Yeah, I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's always fun. Before
0: I let you go, I have people follow you on social media and keep up with what you're up to.
2: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at PJConsidori29. That's C-O-N-S-A-D-O-R-I if you can't spell that long. Italian name. Uh, I usually retweet Ranger stuff. Uh, if you like hockey, I usually am retweeting a bunch, so you'll you'll be able to see it. All right, thanks again, Pete. Don't forget to close the door on your way out, but up next... This week's two minutes where I talk about
0: Rob Manfred and his latest crazy remarks about the Astros scandal right after this
1: land on the decision you landed on. Well, I I landed on it um, really several thoughts. Number one, um, it has never happened in baseball. Um, You know, and I, I am a believer um, in the idea that precedent matters um, and that, When you deviate from it, you have to have a really good reason to do that, number one. Number two, um, I I thought that the report um, gave people a really transparent account of what went on, um, that we put people in a position to make their own judgments about the behavior that went on. Um, That certainly has happened over the last month. Um, and the idea of, you know, an asterisk or asking for a piece of metal back um, seems, you know, sort of a futile act. All right, we are
0: back with this week's two-minute drill, talking some baseball, talking some Rob Mike, 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 Mike. Wait, Mike, Mike, Mike. wait who's Mike, here? Mike. Oh, my God, it's Josh Nichols. John Stank actually talking sports.
3: Yes, I'm here. I have sports takes. Don't yeah, you worry. Yeah, I was literally I didn't realize I left the door open. You just came running in. I did. I came barging in. <laughs> I heard. I heard the clip you were playing, and I I can't have not have my opinion heard. Okay. Well, I ha- always take your opinion. You're one of the most popular guests here. Will this be a little sneak attack for the audience? This is going to be. A, it's not a sneak attack. This is an atomic bomb drop <laughs> on Major League Baseball acting like complete utter idiots.
0: Yeah, and you just heard a clip from Rob Manfred's interview with Carl Ravish of ESPN. A deep dive on the whole Astros sign stealing scandal. I went into this with the baseball beat last week. We had our fun. We were killing Jim Crane and the Astros, but boy, oh boy, Rob Manfred's having a disastrous offseason.
3: It's (laughs) arguably the worst commissioner job like ever on any sort of topic ever. Like, the way he's approaching this whole entire thing and trying to blow it all underneath the rug is disgraceful. Like, it is absolutely absurd. This is like worse than like David Stern using like fixing NBA games like allegedly back in the day. Yeah. This is absolutely ridiculous because this actually happened in Manfred's. Like, no, it didn't. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Nope, not me. Yeah, he's like, not my sport. Nope. Like, yeah, he's like, what? Like, look over here, guys. Look yeah. at our crazy playoff proposal. Look yes, exactly. <laughs> Let's take away from talking about the Astros. It's absolutely absurd. Yeah, it drives me nuts. They're I going to this. teach us in PR classes how not to run a PR campaign especially the Houston Astros addressing any sort of controversy that's how you do not do it yeah we saw this last week we were killing the Astros remember Jim Crane talking about like
0: I don't think Steinsteing had an impact
3: oh really 50 seconds <laughs> later like did, did Stein stealing have an impact no I didn't say it didn't have an impact yes you did you literally said it 50 seconds ago he's a he's a mess the it's, Astros are a mess They were absolutely ridiculous it's very poor PR handling but Rob Manfred should be doing better than he is because he's done an awful job this sport the last couple of years it's it's just that he doesn't seem to grasp the concept that he's losing faith not only from people outside the sport, like, who just watch, but people inside the sport, too. You have players openly ripping you for everything that you've done and openly ripping other players in baseball. It's literally, like, unfurling from all the seams. Like, every seam of baseball is now just coming apart, and by the end, it's just going to be a piece of leather lying flat on the ground with people stamping on it. Yeah, It's disgraceful. It's so bad. And, I mean, like, the biggest criticism right now has been the lack of like a
0: uh, discipline for the players who got immunity for their, inv- for their talking to him. And he just is so back and forth. So many stupid things he's saying about this. Like number one, the whole idea that like, Oh, you know, like, do you believe they cheated beyond 2017? No, I talked to them all. They all said the same thing. I'm like, you don't think they all coordinate their stories.
3: No, it's ridiculous. It's, and also like the whole, it's, it really is so stupid that he's taking people for just at their word and nothing else. Yeah. Like thinking that that's just going to make it go away. And that's just
0: not the case. It's not the case. And it's in terms of, like, players beat – I mean, every other team around the league, we hear players come out and say, oh, like, this is garbage. Like, the players don't – like, like the players got away with it and no consequence whatsoever. And Rob Manfred actually had this brilliant gem to say in the press conference – like, in the, in the whole, uh, interview with Rabbit. He basically said, quote, I think you watch the players. Watch their faces when they have to deal with this issue publicly. They have paid a price. You think they're skipping down the road to spring training happy, that's just a mischaracterization of where we are.
3: No, because none of the Astros have actually, like, apologized blatantly for what they've done. Like, they're just dancing around with PR answers that are abhorrently disastrous. Yeah. So, again, the punishment is the media is mean to the Astros. That's the answer here? Well, very frankly, the media should be mean to the Astros because they've done nothing to relinquish any sort of sympathy whatsoever. Yeah. And did you see also
0: that he had a press conference on Sunday about at Braves Camp? we talked more about this and then save him more crazy
3: things. No, I didn't see the Braves press conference.
0: Well, he was at the Braves facility. MLB Network did not air this,
3: by the way. They were airing Field of Dreams, so they didn't bother cutting into it. Oh, excellent. That's good. That's excellent choice, MLB Network. <laughs> yeah, since you're the movie
0: guy, Field of Dreams great.
3: Field of Dreams? Oh, that's probably like a B plus, A minus. Yeah. I love it, Field of Dreams. Yeah, I love Field of Dreams, <laughs> but that's besides the point.
0: I figured since you're here and you're the movie guy, I
3: had to Listen, ask you. Listen, Field of Dreams
0: is happiness. We're not happy right now. No. And he's, this is where he talked about how he believed the players weren't cheating on in 2017 because they all told him that. I'm like, A, it makes no sense. Why
3: Why would they, if it worked in 2017 did get caught, you're like, okay, we got our ring. Let's stop. We're good. Why would they stop? It it makes no sense in the world. And yeah. it just – I think part of it is he doesn't want to open up a bigger can of worms because I think they're obvious – Cheating things, quote-unquote, that teams do to get an advantage. Yeah. But the thing is what the is was so apparently over the top of what everyone else is doing, it's insane. Yeah. And I think Major League Baseball picked their battle, and now they're fishing for other stuff with other certain teams. They haven't even finished the Red Sox investigation. Still wh- going. Still going, which means they're just fishing for stuff. Yeah. It's insane. There are multiple reports from people from saying the Red Sox are not going to find much. It's going to be a little bit of a punishment, uh, like nothing uh, nothing is happening there. But they're still fishing for stuff. Nothing has come out. You would have think that, hey, we want to take that talk away from the Astros. Let's come up with a bombshell against the Red Sox. They have nothing to take that over. Instead we're gonna put this playoff proposal with seven teams, one team gets to buy, pick your opponent's absurd like MLB the Show fantasy draft type stuff. Or the Universal DH. That's the other thing that's so been flying around now. Well I, that's
0: been in that's been
3: in the motion. That's, now that's for also a while. Been,
0: that it's no there's no coincidence that got leaked about like week before too. Like oh like now we're talking about the Universal DH coming in twenty twenty two.
3: Yeah it's Rob Manfred is doing everything he can to try and keep this, this problem in one small bubble, but the thing is now, the whole entire it's- thing, all the bubbles went into a fan, and now the fan is dispersing all the poisonous bubbles across America. We even have Mike Trout in California commenting on it today. Oh, I got that clip. Yeah, who literally doesn't say anything to the public whatsoever, but he ripped into baseball. He ripped into the players. Yeah, here's what Mike Trout had to say, by the way. You know,
2: just I don't agree with the, the punishments. You know, the player is not uh, getting anything. You know, it was a player-driven... Like you said, a guy's career's been affected. A lot of people, you know, lost jobs. It's, it's, uh, it was tough. Uh, it would be me going up to the plate knowing what's coming would be uh, pretty fun up there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it's just like I said, a lot of guys lost respect for, for some of the guys and you know it's it seems like every day something new comes out. So
0: Yeah, there is something new every single
3: day he's dead on with everything. I mean like if Mike Track was up there and you could just shout him. Fastball, He's going to crush it.
2: Yeah,
0: he's
3: going to absolutely kill it. And it's like one of those – Chris Sale came out for the Red Sox. I'm a Red Sox fan in case nobody found out. He came out with quotes saying like how he brought up a game in 2017. The Astros are hitting everything. All of his off-speed pitch, low and away. Fastball's at the chin. He's going, how are they hitting my stuff? And he sent something fishy, but he just like – he's like, well, like I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And now he we, now we can look back and go like, oh, this is why they were absolutely torching me for this certain type of game.
0: Yeah, it's like it makes sense now. It's like, oh, yeah, that's why they were crushing everything I threw because I knew it was coming. Yeah, it's – but Jim Crane, let's say, that had no impact. He's such an idiot. That's why. He's stupid. Yeah, because I made this point last week, which is, A, how dumb could you possibly be to be putting all your time and resource
3: into the system that you had no benefits from it? Like, why would you do that? Yeah, exactly. We we put in all this money infrastructure to keep it hidden for so long, yet it had no impact whatsoever.
0: Yeah, it's not like you're going to like, hey, we're going to try this. It's not working, but we're going to try yeah, yeah. Announcing it.
3: now things to the world. And try and improve upon it every year and, like, keep it hidden for three years at least. Like Codebreaker. Yeah, it's just yeah, – you're literally calling it Codebreaker. <laughs> That's literally the Mission Impossible name you've given to this secret operation is Codebreaker. Oh, speaking of Codebreaker, by the way. Manfred's tone at that press conference
0: in, in, in down in Atlanta's facility over the weekend was just so like blatant, like rude, snarky, like disrespectful. I mean, he got a question from a report the reporter actually broke the codebreaker story. This is what he said to him. This is from Lindsay Adler on Twitter. She she shares information. He said, "Quote, you know, congratulations, you got a private letter that you know I sent to a
3: club official. Nice reporting on your part. Like what?" Gives you the right to talk like that to no. a reporter. He's just, he obviously he's super bitter at the fact because literally he can do nothing to win right now. He's trying every single plan. He's trying to bury his it. He can't. He can't bury it. No, yeah. this I mean, shocking that this is the most thing most baseball has been talked about in years. And it none of it is in a positive light whatsoever. Yeah. Zero. It just boggles my mind that like the other 29 teams are all so vehemently against it. Yet he's,
0: yeah, he's throwing his lot in with the Astros, saying, like, we're going to protect the Astros. Not worry about what the other 29 teams think.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. I think part of this has to do with the players' union and that players' union kind of has Major League Baseball over a barrel. So he has to, like, defend those players who are going to get in the biggest amount of trouble. Well, all the other players? Exactly. Literally stole the words right out of my mouth. What about the other 90% of baseball that is like, uh, what are you talking about right now? What? Are you kidding me? He's like, yeah, like— and, I mean, this is just
0: insane this is going on with this thing right now. You have – I mean, I get what you're saying, but he maybe me feel like, okay, I can't go after players because I'm in the middle of a CBA negotiation. I want to start a war with the union. But, like, 95% of the
3: union is on your side. It's just those 5% are not with you. It's it's really ridiculous. And, like, the fact that we have, we have baseball coming up in about five weeks from taping today. And this is all we're talking about. And this is all we're talking about. We're not actually talking about baseball. Now, granted, I'm a Red Sox fan, so nothing positive to talk about actually in baseball right now. But it's just, like – it it's so important that this is the major talking point, the only thing that's going on right now.
0: It's so bad. I mean, Manfred is just it's just so frustrating because like he's just basically trying whatever he can to just like just dig dig bury this thing away and I don't buy a fact for a fact that they did a deep dive into the buzzers.
3: No, I don't think they did a deep dive into anything because, because I don't think they wanted to open up a can of worms that is gonna poison the whole entire major league baseball.
0: Because basically and this whole thing, the other thing the press conference revealed basically he said that like we got claims for years, and we never really got anything until like until the athletic report. Mike fires blew the whistle. It's just a matter of, like, you know, oh, like, we got this. Now we have information. Whereas, like, they're basically going, like, basically the way that you were talking about it is like,
3: I, like, let I say actually like, are you cheating? No? Okay, carry on. It's a- – <laughs> It's it's remarkable. It's like He's like a parent of the Astros going, I believe anything that my kid tells me, he's always telling the truth. They never can do anything wrong. He made a mistake, but he's learned from it. Everything they tell me is the truth. That's what it sounds like right now. And the other people are the parents of the other kids who are tormented by this one bully who's breaking all the rules, and they're all up in an upper right at the PTA meeting. That's what it's like right
0: now. Yeah, and, like, just imagine for a second, like, Even the Astros too, their stories don't never add up to anything. They always no. They said Jose
3: Altuve had didn't take a show off because of a bad tattoo. Then there was a shirtless picture of him on Instagram without a tattoo. Yeah, literally, it came out two hours after Correa said he didn't take a show off because of a tattoo. Yeah, and he was walking around shirtless in the clubhouse after he supposedly all. I'm too shy.
0: Ah! (laughs) (laughs) it's it's just oh man, it's just so frustrating. And Manfred, I mean, the players are furious. I mean, you heard what Justin Turner said today, right? Yeah, he absolutely went
3: off. Trevor Bauer has gone off on multiple things over the past week for him
0: yeah justin turner basically said that the thing that's devaluing the that manfred is quote out of touch with the sport so much right now it makes no sense and that like the thing is devaluing the trophy is the fact that his name is on it
3: yeah i think he said it was like a piece of like scrap metal yeah now. he said it's a piece of metal yeah exactly you go like that's the trophy with your office's title on it you're calling it a piece of metal it's so it's it, tone deaf i re- it's in my lifetime it's hard to remember the players being so anti against the person ruling the their sport. their sport. Yeah. Uh, for me. You know what? NHL may have a gripe because the own because the, the presence of NHL teams and stuff like that and the people ahead of the NHL have done some pretty bad things about not putting their sport more into the limelight, more into the spotlight, I should say. So they might have a gripe, but for me, baseball being my number one love since I was a kid, this is absolutely outrageous. He I mean, he's clearly the worst commissioner right now at the four. I would oh one hundred percent totally agree. I mean he's 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 died beyond Goodell. Uh, right now yes, in terms of longevity of being absolutely terrible, horrendous, and completely trying to scapegoat one particular organization, I don't know. Goodell still may have the cake.
0: Yeah, well I know you're salty towards Goodell, but like
3: yeah, as a Patriots fan I have to be. It's my rule.
0: Yeah, but like I just think overall. Goodell has done far less bad. You know, than, he than has let actually. in
3: domestic abuse people back into the NFL, people who punch pregnant women, and people who have arguably done terrible, terrible things to break the law they're, back into the league.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's actually, on, sadly, he's actually on the way up, I think, Goodell.
3: I think he's on the way up. He was at a lower point. Manfred's just going straight down. See, right now, Manfred's the lowest. Right now, he's the lowest. He still has a little bit of a while to go to reach the true pitfalls that Roger Goodell has in his tenure as an NFL commissioner. I mean think about it, he's been commissioner for five years. Two of his champions right now are tied to cheating scandals. That's you know what that's a great point. That's and, 40% failure on his part. And yeah. you know and you know how many players integrity, uh, nothing. And you know how many players have been fined, let alone suspended? Zero. There's no ownership. If you're if you're not going to punish them for breaking the rules, there's no incentive for people to not to continue breaking them.
0: And it doesn't even include like the stuff with the play with like, the whole playoff thing, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's yeah. The the rule changes the, the fact there was basically an unorganized collusion the last two free agent markets were this one where everybody was sitting there letting the veterans not get signed. And my favorite one, and you know this is the one where I have an issue with him, is that he let a $2.6 billion sale go down the drain without even attempting to like mediate it. That's yeah. something that would have raised the value of every other franchise in the sport, and he let it go to
3: waste. Yeah, I think the Wilpons are going to be with you forever and always. No, no, I
0: think they're gonna sell
3: forever and always. I, I disagree. The never-ending story, the true romance of Mets fans and the Wilpons, forever and always. No, I think just the internal policies of the Wilpons family I means actually sell right now. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen with that. That whole thing was crazy. It's crazy that because think, think about it, like if the Mets are selling for 2.6 billion, what are the Yankees worth? Oh, I don't what know. What are the what are the Red Sox or Dodgers worth? Oh, I can tell you what the Red Sox are worth and how the Red Sox ownership just doesn't want to pay uh, one of the best players in baseball ever. Yeah. And just let him go. Yeah. To get under the luxury tax. Side note: the Red Sox ticket sales are down fifteen percent this year compared to other years.
0: Yeah, let me. Ask oh, you. I wonder
3: why. Yeah, let me ask you: What was your reaction when that trade first leaked out? When it first leaked out, I wasn't surprised because it was rumored the entire time. I am still furious at the package that we got. For Dugo is just not a good person, let alone him actually being a injury riddled outfielder right now. Like he's just also just not a good person at all in terms of like the allegations that happened against him with a sexual assault case for him. Like. How could you go from rooting to a player like for Verdugo? Like, you went from Mookie Betts, who does nothing wrong, and is the perfect, ideal person you want as a face of your franchise until you're getting Vardugo, who's going to be a, pr- a pr- platoon outfielder for you, and you have to root for him? Are you kidding me? What are you talking about? And you're not willing to pay the second-best player in baseball? Used- you're worth over $6 billion, your ownership group, and you can't spend
0: the money? The thing that bothers me more is not even that they trade him, is that they also used him to help dump David
3: Price's contract. Yeah, well, with that, again, it's all to get underneath the luxury tax, which is insane. Again, they did nothing to rebuild the pitching staff. This whole entire year, they're flushing down the toilet. Why? I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, and then they begged today, the day of recording, they begged to get more tickets sold. Yeah. Because they said there's still tickets available for April and May. No shit. You're not putting a good team on the field. You're not trying. And you're the third wealthiest, fourth wealthiest team in baseball? Yeah, it makes no sense. It, I, I think it frustrates is idiotic.
0: I, the thing that just frustrates me is like how the they have these brilliant like Ivy League educated GMs who I think they want to show how smart they are rather than do the smart baseball thing. Whereas the smart business is like, just you know sign Mookie, like whatever Mookie Betts is like you've seen the Family Guy clip where they basically had Peter Griffin like walking around,
3: like Sir, I'll write your name on this check. Please write down whatever amount you want on it and I yeah. will pay you it. That's the thing. That's what you should have done, Mookie Betts. Baseball is a, it's a business. I yeah. get that, but yeah. guess what? Part of business in making sure that your clients are happy. That's part of running a business. Is that making sure like you're. Your commitment to society and those people who are affected by what you put out as a business as part of making sure that they're happy. Yeah. What you did turned almost every single Red Sox fan against you. Yeah. You're like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be angry watching the Red Sox this year. Like yeah. just hate it. I You're hate watching. I'm hate watching, yeah. right? I'm hate watching them. I I'm not used to that. Yeah. That's like being a New York Jets fan. Yeah. What <laughs> is that like? You're gonna have to give me lessons. I don't get it. Oh, uh, there's just a lot of loathing and self-loathing and despair. Oh, it's going to be the worst. We have, like, two good pitchers in our rotation right now. What do we have after that? I don't know.
0: Yeah, and the thing that I just couldn't understand is, like, these teams are, like,
3: shocked. Like, shocked that fans are angry that they trade away Mookie Betts. It's, that's just being so out of touch with their fan base. I don't care. I understand the 12 years Mookie Betts has wanted was a lot. I get that. 100%. 12 years is a lot. That's that's just part of the deal when you have the second best player in baseball and you're one of the wealthiest teams and he led you to a World Series and he could be a perennial MVP candidate for the next six years. Easy. Yeah. Like maybe knock it down to ten like ten years, but give him a little bit more money per year sort of thing. Just keep him on the team. He's literally one of the best players in baseball. Like I don't get it. Like it's just like I just think it's like Fans don't care how much money you save. Fans, no, fans want you to win. Especially when you have excess money, you like you're part of Liverpool. You, your team, literally won the European Championship. The, like you, billions of dollars you are worth, and you can't shell this out for arguably one of the best players ever in the sport. That which you own a team. It's, it's so, it's it just, reeks of selfishness, and it's the fact that they just won't come out and like blatantly say we're being selfish as owners because we don't want to lose money. They're doing it like for the sake of we need to get under the luxury tax for the sake of the organization. No, you're doing it for the sake of yourself.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just then they just don't don't get these organizations, and Ugh. and this is the environment that Rob Manford has created with this with this baseball CBA.
3: is cannibalizing itself. Yeah, it's cannibalizing itself. Yeah, and again, games are too long, too many home runs. Like, there's so many issues right now. They're trying to nitpick and fix all these different little things. And the biggest thing they should do is they should just – what Trevor Bauer had the best point about this in his Twitter rant is just let baseball – uh, like public relations, be an advocate for itself. Don't hide highlights behind one account that everyone has to share for them. Yeah. Let, follow the NBA model where you can just clip a highlight, share it everywhere so you can see somebody hitting a monster home run or making a sweet double play and not have to go to like MLB.com highlights to go see it or go to that one like live cut account to see yeah. it play. Makes no sense whatsoever. You're limiting your own PR and what people find interesting about the store. You're not letting people expand their horizons, be creative with it whatsoever.
0: Yeah, it, it just it just frustrates me, and they wonder why attendance is down, and they're trying to appeal to fans who don't watch the sport, and the thing, like, the playoff thing, again,
3: you, you're going to be excited for the reality TV show when they pick the opponents they play? No, because they, there's a difference between doing that, like, for an NBA All-Star game, and then for the actual postseason, yeah. which is insane.
0: Yeah, because like, we talked about it last week with Schneider and Sorbelini and the baseball beat, the members, the, like, and we were, like, talking about this, and are like, what's this show actually going to look like? Like you're gonna get, they are gonna sit there. It's gonna
3: be like the NBA draft lottery where you have like guys sitting there in suits and then That's the thing. Is it like who's gonna be picking the opponents? Are you gonna send like like a player up there? Are you gonna send the owner? Are you, are you gonna, gonna send, send the, the owner? owner? Nobody wants to watch owners talk. Yeah. Nobody gives a crap about that. You're gonna send up the mascot. Yeah. That would get more viewership than the owners actually going up there and saying who they're gonna pick.
0: Yeah, like we were talking about this last week. Let's say it's a st- Studio 42, and like the Yankees are picking their team, and then like Glaber, like to Glaber, like, hey, Glaber, why did you guys, p- Glaber Torres, why did you pick the Indians to play? So, like, it's like, uh, you know, like we think we can beat. them. Well, I the think if they
3: ask the players, the players are gonna say the ownership picked the teams for us. We didn't have a say in it. We'll play whoever we want to. They'll still find a way to say it all. It? Yeah, exactly. You're They'll great. still find a way to do that. Yeah, it's like it was,
0: I, Will said this articulately. The is like. Wow, gee, that's great! Like, also used my two hours of time in
3: my life. It's it's absolutely insane. It's like it's a point that Anthony Sowardly made last week. Does Manfred hate baseball? No, I just don't think Manfred knows the sport of baseball and the fans well enough anymore. I I we are in we are in some trouble. I I would agree. Baseball is in trouble. Baseball is no longer my number one sport. It is no longer my number one sport. So what is the number one sport now? Football. NBA. No NBA. Oh NBA. NBA is my number one sport. NBA All-Star Weekend. We like,
0: hey, talked about the top of the show. It was great.
3: The, they fiddled with it just enough, and it worked. And that's something other sports have not been able to do. As I said at the top of the podcast,
0: Adam Silver, best commissioner in sports right now, by far.
3: Yeah, I would definitely say so by far. Because he, he- He's, he's willing to innovate. He's taking chances. He's listening to his fan base. He's doing things. like he's, And he was able to get past that big China scandal with Daryl Morey and yeah. relatively unscathed. There were still definitely some headaches. Don't get me wrong. It was they, not they, a perfect they, thing. They did, they did lose money. Yes, but, but they, they, it's not leaking for months and months of controversy. Like this is. Yes, this is, exactly.
0: Like This should have been done with. It should have been like, okay, like, like, Lunau out, out Hinch out, keep, like, if players were involved, they get either fined or suspended and we're done with this. And you're you like, I don't know if you want to take. I know they don't want to take the trophy. It's a dangerous precedent to set, but like, yeah, you, know, you can't know, do that. I, I agree like, with that. You can't do that. Like, you could put a note in the Hall of Fame and be like, when this happened, this is because this happened. There, The fact the players got no consequences is a problem.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, I think Rob Manfred's part of the old hat of baseball in terms he's like the old writers who are still voting for the Hall of Fame and not electing in the steroid users. Yeah. He's part of that universe still. And unfortunately, they're fading away, and they're not letting the the new fans of baseball, which are dwindling and dwindling more every single day, they're not letting them have a voice right now.
0: And if I a free piece of advice to Manfred who's never going to listen to this podcast who's been dunking on him for weeks now, just let baseball be baseball. You're not appealing to the fans you don't have. They're not, they're not coming. Exactly. It's like this reality gimmick, the DH, is not going to bring people in. Make the game more exciting. That's not hard. It's like... You could either like, you could like put it like make it so like we are not sitting here was hoping for home runs every thirty seconds and waiting
3: people do nothing for like minutes at a time. Just do that, please. Like the sport used to be great. Yeah, it used to be. I mean, it used to be great. It's the it's the thing is, imagine MLB has went from a lot of they are now it's a lot of home runs and strikeouts. You can draw a pretty fairly fair comparison to the NBA is a lot of three pointers and dunks and dunks right now. Yeah. But the thing is, the NBA is still more fun to watch because they still have a way to highlight the personalities of the players and they let the sport speak for itself. Major League Baseball does not let you do that. And Rob Manfred dunked on Mike for not promoting himself enough also, which is another bad mark on his resume. Rob Manfred, right now, he would not be having a passing grade in the PR class.
0: No, he would be failing. All right, all right, John. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, how people follow you on
3: uh, social media to keep up with it, what you're doing. Uh, my Red Sox anger as well as movie takes are on Twitter at jstanko99. And also all my movie thoughts and some sport thoughts as well are on my blog at stankosstance.wordpress.com. I want
0: to thank you, John. I really appreciate it. I also want to give a shout out to our buddy Pete Considore. He was on here earlier talking to
3: some hockey. It's always fun talking hockey with Pete. Pete knows his stuff, let me tell you. He's very quiet about it, but that dude's knowledgeable. Yeah, and he also does go on some rants from time to time. Like his epic rant about the Columbus Blue Jackets way back
0: in the day. I mean, you have to you had to let you have to let him step on his soapbox every once in a while. Yeah, you do have to do do that. I'd like that. I also, I want to plug the blog here over justinsullivan.wordpress.com. This week I'm doing an off-season preview for the New York Football Giants. What they should address. So. They have one of your former coaches there, Joe
3: Judge. Uh, they do. Uh, they have quite a few things to address. Yeah, that
0: will be a lengthy deep dive, so feel free to check that out. That might be like two blogs. might need more than one. <laughs> yeah, well, for my sanity, it's going to be one block. We're going to subscribe. That's tell you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, all the usual suspects. Just search for Just and the Suffering there. You can find our podcast there. I do take a page out of your book, John. I actually posted last week's episode on YouTube. Hey, there we go. So I'm going to do the same again for this week. So you'll also be able to find this on YouTube. Sweet deal. Just search for Just and the Suffering on episode 99. That's going to be the one that will be on YouTube. 98. The great one, Wayne Gretzky. 98 is up there right now. It's fitting hockey was 99. That's. You know what? You're yeah. absolutely right. Unintentional scheduling, but it worked out. I also, feel free, feel free your feedback and star ratings as well help make this podcast even better going forward. I do leave good feedback for other podcasts I love, so please do the same for me. Also follow me on Twitter at that's mphilips331. That's m p h i l i p s 331. You can tweet me at the hashtag. I think piece of metal sounds appropriate for this episode, right?
3: Yeah, sure. Hashtag yeah, exactly. Make sure to start the conversation with that.
0: Hashtag piece of metal because that's how much our our great baseball commissioner thinks of our World Series trophy.
3: And follow Justin Turner's lead. Make sure watch watch his press clippings too if you haven't, because he gives a great soundbite about it.
0: Yep, indeed he did. Next week is actually episode number 100 of this podcast. Can you believe
3: it? Uh, you know what Mike, I actually can't because you can somehow churn these out so often. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, we are working on some guests still. We'll do some sports, some pop culture. Maybe you'll happen to show up. Maybe. That's up to you. Yeah. I'll be at the ready by the phone.
0: We'll discuss this off air. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll discuss some strategy here, but until then, I hope you have a better week than the rest of the world of baseball that is not Houston Astros fans. <laughs> Oh <laughs>